Welcome to episode 49 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colati at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? And eventually, we'll have Calvin T at Ruler R Sama and Chris Chung at Prime LOL. So, whew, we're on episode 49 now. What a crazy week, man. Like, seriously, it, it, with all the all the sports going down, I want to I want to take some time to just talk about the explosion into into esports betting that we've had over the past I don't know like ten days or so since the I guess it was last Friday when most of the leagues started canceling everything. It's been absolute bedlam. Twitter's exploding, social media is exploding, and uh, you know a lot of people looking for writing and everything. I just wanted to. I, I know Calvin's writing for RotoWire now. Uh, I'm sure Chris has been busy writing for all the game house stuff, and whew, it's been kind of nuts. I don't know if you want to dive into what you, we, you and I were both on um, the Roto Grinders Morning Grind with Stevie TPFL or TPFL. Uh, your episode was better. I'll straight up say it. I'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll straight up admit it. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's been a wild week. It's been really cool to have people like really getting interested in esports. And the cool thing about it is like. They have like kind of the gambler's mindset in many ways. A lot of people are coming over and they're not really just trying to like cheat their way into little contests. Like a lot of the people that are messaging me really are like, well, I don't have anything else to do. So I want to learn about this. Like, I don't, I don't just want you to give me a free line. Like I'm getting into this now. So people are actually getting excited about it, which is really cool. I know I felt like both Stevie and uh, Davis Maddock when I did the take cast, both felt like they were actually legitimately interested in learning about what was going on, which is great. Yeah. I got the same, I got the same vibe about it. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, and I mean, if you looked at the DraftKings lobby lately, it is absurd. It's it crazy. is absolutely absurd. I've, I would never in a million years thought that like a month ago that we would ever see a 7,500-person $10 tournament with 20K to first, and now we're just getting them like every single night. The buy-ins are getting bigger. The prize pools are getting bigger, and we haven't even seen what they're going to do for the LCS or the LEC this weekend, which in theory should be way bigger yeah. than these LPL slates. So. Who who knows what we're looking forward to, man? But it has been very cool. It's exciting, right? Like, I, and and I don't want to take anything away from the, the the serious situation that's going on, like in the world right now. But I guess there's a silver lining to everything, right? And it, it's kind of cool seeing. I mean, there's a lot of people in in this space that are that are being rewarded now, or just it, it's cool to see so many so many people that have been putting the time in, putting the work in, getting the attention. Uh, you know, I, that I think they deserve. And it's it's just really exciting. It's 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 a really really exciting time. And uh, I just wanted to take a brief second to touch on that because this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. And I'll say this: I really hope. So I know that like all the different sites, whether they be like DFS sites or even just some normal sports sites and stuff, are really going out looking for content creators and stuff for esports now. I think that they're basically being forced to do something that they should have been do- doing anyway. And I, because I mean, if you're, if you're somebody who works for one of these sites or whatever, go look at the metrics on esports and how many viewers they had five years ago and how many they have now and how many they had 10 years ago. Like, and then look at the numbers for something like the NBA or the NFL. Esports is, is going to stick around and we're going to be as big or bigger than the NFL and the NBA in some amount of time. I don't know how long that is, but almost certainly. So I really hope that I don't see all these companies hire a bunch of people and have them write about esports, and then as soon as the NFL and the NBA come back, they just jettison everybody and go back to writing about the NBA and the NFL. Like they've been forced to put in esports right now, 
but it's a good decision for all of their businesses. And I really hope we start seeing like full-time positions coming out to write about esports and all that kind of stuff. It, it's going to make me really sad if all the people that are doing writing stuff now, all of a sudden in three months, everyone's just like, oh, we got NFL back. We're not worried about it anymore. Just bad business decisions to do that. Yeah, I mean, they can coexist. Like, It, it, it kind of feels like you're saying, like once, once everybody gets a taste of just how like tremendous – it's a huge industry. Yeah, I think what is it? it was Forbes or Business Insider or something said it was going to be a, just the advertising and viewership was going to be worth like three hundred and twenty million dollars by twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's a huge industry. Like you got a ton of you got more people. Watch, you had as many people watch the League World Championships as the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's insane. And now it was over a month, but still, that's crazy. And a lot of people don't realize too that like the United States is not necessarily super on the bandwagon. Like we're starting to get there, but we're not super on the bandwagon. But people don't realize that like China and Korea and some of these other places are on the bandwagon. Like people in China are much more likely to have an idea about esports and stuff than people in the United States are. And the United States is going to get there pretty soon. So this is, I mean, anybody who's who's like kind of newer to esports that's listening to the podcast, go look up like Uzi who plays in the LPL. He has Nike ads, like yeah. in in China. So, like, these, these guys are legitimate superstars uh, in most places, like the most of the places that they play. The United States is slightly behind on that, but we're going to get there. Yeah, so, geez, a lot of stuff to get through. Um, so I want to touch on that real quick. We got two really quick news items. Uh, first of all is Crown from CLG, formerly of Gen.G, is going, uh, announced that he's going back to Korea. Kind of crazy, right? Uh, considering the hype, I, I mean... He was still pretty good last season. We've talked about this ad nauseum, like, about CLG and their struggles this season. But kind of shocking to think that, what, eight weeks to ten weeks ago? If you told me ten weeks ago that he was going to be done in the LCS and, and going back to Korea because of performance, I would have told you you're nuts. Very weird, right? Like, it feels like this must be a combination of, like, he wasn't performing great, but his team was not performing great, and so they started not getting along. Like something like that, I feel like because Crown's still good enough for the LCS, like to be a mid laner in the LCS. Yeah, he hadn't played great this season, but I would think if you were a CLG owner and there was no personality issues of any kind, you would still want to keep Crown on your roster. So there must be something else going on there, but definitely shocking. People had high hopes for CLG, including me, this season. Me too. And uh, to see them like kind of fall apart and then Crown get like leave mid season is just a little bit wild, but. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, I mean, we'll touch on it when we get to NA. But like, have you felt they've looked better with Pobelter? And do you think that's a consequence of him or just time? Like the the season going on and people improving? Maybe slightly better. I honestly don't think they've been that much better. And and Wind, their new AD carry, like has been kind of a beneficiary of the fact that they've been a little bit better recently. But I don't really think it has a lot to do with him either. I think that like just the talent level on the team was maybe not as high as we thought it was. And even after they kind of got their stuff together, Wiggly has not performed the way that he did last season. Stixay has been kind of exposed this season. Smoothies, communication issues were really big. Yeah, there's just been a lot of, like, just maybe not enough talent-type issues there. Yeah, I, I kind of thought Wiggly was the most disappointing thing. Some, like, believe it or not, even considering Crown, because Crown, I kind of expected, like, he's, you know, five years into his career, there's a chance he starts falling off a little bit. But Wiggly's a second-year guy. was awesome last year. It was I yeah, I, I had him 20th in the league. He made my top 20 LCS players lastly, and I was like to vehemently defending him as as a guy that was being underrated because the team was bad. But then it's kind of switched. Like now he got a little bit more talent in theory on his team this season, and he's just been worse. So it kind of sucks. 
Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have. Uh, I was reading today that the Esper uh, Tyler Esberger at over at ESPN, the LCK is hoping to resume play um, via online remotely uh, by the end of March, which would be very exciting for me. And as an LCK fanboy, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, they, it's been a couple weeks already. So, yeah. That's I gotta be honest. With the LPL back, I don't really care when the LCK comes back. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, we can. <laughs> I'd much rather watch the LPL. It's like it's like if you told me that like, well, both NA and EU are coming back. It's like, well, I'm really hyped to watch EU. Like, Dude, I suppose NA. I will always be there. think. I always think this is like, you know, you eat junk food for like four days straight or whatever, <laughs> and then you gotta <laughs> you eat gotta your salad, it. and you feel better <laughs> the day that you do. <laughs> That's I kind of get that feeling, but it's also really fun to just eat junk food for four days so yeah i gotta say man it's it's good to have the lpl back after watching all these north american slates forever dude i just want to claw my eyes out in every north dude, american I, slate, i'll tell so. you and you know me that it, the lpl just infuriates me but at the same time it's really fun to watch it's like you, it's it's riveting it's like watching the tampa bay bucks every week it's like with Jameis yeah. winston you never know maybe he's gonna throw six picks and four <laughs> in four touchdowns i don't know like yeah. that's what it feels like so yeah, so the LCK hopefully coming back by the end of the month. Um, we had a whole bunch of listener questions. I put the call out, uh, and you know, with everybody diving into this and a lot of new people, I figured we'd take some extra yeah, time on listener questions. So uh, a couple old standbys, people that have been listening for a while. Uh, we got at Fu Honky. Uh, which LPL team is surprising y'all in a good way and a bad way, and is E-Star winning Worlds this year? I'll let you open uh, up with it. Yeah, E-Star is definitely not winning Worlds. Uh, <laughs> surprising us in a in a really good way. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily being surprised, but I'm happy that OMG is performing well because they're a team where I swear to God, every split, I'm just like, this, this is the split for OMG. They got the talent. (laughs) They're going for it. And every year they end up like, they usually do good in the first two weeks too. So then I'm like, okay, I was right. OMG's great. And then they just suck for the whole rest of the season. But this year, I think they're going to be a legitimate top five team. They look really good. So I'm happy about that. Uh, surprising me in a bad way, top esports. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of people's answer, but people were, including me, were really thinking this is like a contender with FPX as like a top team in the league with IG and FPX. And then watching that Carsa series against LGD was, that was really hard to watch. Like it was literally just like watching a solo queue game where yeah. like a diamond guy and a bronze guy were like solo queuing, like duo queuing together. And the bronze guy was the jungle and just kept like inting super hard. It was uh, it was really hard to watch, and I can't tell exactly what the issue is. But yeah, top has been a really like putrid underperformance for me. You can always tell. I mean, for me personally, because I wear my emotions on my sleeve, uh, you can always tell how how emotionally or psychologically invested in a team I am by how much I write about them. So if you read any like the recaps I do, like I I, I, I do my write ups every day, and I do a recap at the beginning of them, and. I feel like every time I write on TOP, it's like its own article. It's like its own 600-word, like, little blurb about whatever. I'll, I'll give you, like, the long and short of it, because they did look better today, even though they dropped game one, and I'm oh, I'm furious about it, but... Yeah, I mean, still kind of a matchup that you would expect them to do. Yeah, zero, exactly, right? exactly. So, I think TOP are... It looks... For lack of better terms, it looks like when you put a bunch of superstars together in, like, the NBA, and the chemistry's not there at first... That's what it looks like to me. Like, it looks... The first, like, few series, they just had really poor... Like, you could you could see in the game that they had poor communication. That they weren't on the same page on something. Whether that was not talking or, or, or whatever. You could just tell they weren't on the same page about things. And it's, like, slowly starting to come together. And 
I think we mentioned it before the season started that this team should be good even losing Logan, right? And that's yeah. a huge loss. But the top trio is just so good potentially that it should be able to at least carry the weight. And I kind of had T.O.P. maybe dropping a place, but still in that conversation for the elite teams. Like maybe, maybe they're like half a tier down from the really good teams now. But uh, they've struggled so far. I, I, th- I think I'm confident they're going to get it together. Not every team I feel that way about, but I actually think they are going to get it together eventually. What scared me, I'll tell you this. What scared me the most with this top situation, the TES situation is that they were really good before the coronavirus break. Like, they were crushing people before the coronavirus break. Yeah. And my, my, that's my big problem. If they had just come into the season and been kind of not on the same page, then it's, like you said, it's kind of like, you know, you know, get some guys together, it takes a little while. But when they come out and it looks like they are on the same page and they're crushing people, and then they have a month break, and then it looks like they aren't, it's that weird. bothers me. It's yeah, that, that that's what weirds me out, to wonder if something happened during that break or if maybe the team didn't handle their practice in that yeah. break very well or – and and to me personally, like it, it's not it's not like the other. I mean, I'll just say this, and it's going to sound like LPL hate. It's not, I promise. But like, it looks like it doesn't look like all of these teams had six extra weeks of practice. Like, am mm-hmm. I crazy? Like, uh, do you feel the same way? Yeah, they don't look super clean. There's a couple examples of teams that do look like they use the time well. Yeah. I think. I, think yeah. I mean, up until today, I thought LNG used the time pretty well. They've looked pretty sharp. Sooning have looked pretty sharp. Like relative to, I mean, they've had a pretty easy schedule though. RNG. Um, a lot of the uh, RNG look really good. I think RNG look. I, this might be on. I think RNG look like the best team in the LPL. Yeah, they, they look very. They very just look good clean so and disciplined, and like they've like they've been regimented and practicing. I know. I just saw today that Uzi might be coming back in a couple weeks, but uh, I said on my on my Twitter too, like it'll just break my heart too much if they're a favor going into Worlds and don't win again. Like there's yeah. been like. It's been like, well, like three or four world championships where RNG was like a favorite going into the world championships. Even the year that Invictus won, a lot of people were saying RNG was the favorite going into worlds and they've never won. So I, if they are the favorites coming into the end of the year, I hope they I hope they actually win. Yeah, so um, I guess top for both of us in a bad way. I, I, I kind of think Billy Billy in a bad way too, but that's like a whole separate thing. I don't want to spend too much time on one question. I, I'll say E-Star because I had them – like not a team. Like I, I thought they were gonna be like the five game win Jinair, like go one and sixteen team. And they've, I have my issues with them, but they've come out swinging at least. So that's interesting. I think Rogue Warriors have been surprisingly good considering the talent level on that roster. They, the, Rogue Warriors look like they know who they are, and they're just like trying to snowball games because they don't, they they know they're not an elite team, which I can respect. Like I think that's it, at least makes games interesting with them. Yeah, I don't know. E Star's not winning worlds this year. Straight up, uh, I don't even think he says going to make playoffs. Hot take, but yeah, they uh, may not. so we have from uh, Bill underscore Papas underscore twelve. Um, what is the reason we're seeing favorites win and lose at the clip they are this year? Which is kind of a pretty big picture question. I don't know if you want to go like by region or whatever, but yeah, because it is kind of regional, right? Like some yeah. of the regions are seeing really dominant favorites, sure. and then other regions we're having more uh, more upsets. And I noticed that in China. Uh, the two zero has been way more popular than it's ever been in Chinese history. Yeah. Like China, China, for people that don't know, has is, is historically been a 50 50 region, so to speak, where it was like almost every series was a two one. Everybody could lose to everybody in a given game. And uh, there's been a lot of like two zero wins, even from underdogs. I've got the numbers here. 
Uh, so, there we go. Let's hear it. So we have um, favorite spreads, meaning favorite two O's are 17 out of the 42, and underdog two O's are eight. So we've had more than half the matches have been a two O one way or the other. That includes underdogs, which is kind of crazy. Underdogs just short of twenty percent of the time. That's that's kind of crazy. Like underdog two yep. O's, and I don't think that's. I think only like one or two of those is really mispricing. I think I think like one of those was OMG. Mm-hmm. So like that's like legitimate upsets, like actual big upsets. So yeah, kind of crazy. The, n- normally the LPL is just yeah, it's just the nature of the way the region plays. They they play a higher variant style, and uh, you end up getting a lot of games that way. So. I think that's Europe is interesting because Europe's been like crazy top, like favorite heavy. I, and I think that's just that's like a talent issue. I feel like in Europe, yeah. like the top three teams are way more talented than all the other. I teams. I think the top player, like, player five teams are really good. And then like you also had this situation where there were a couple teams that I thought before the season were mispriced. We've <laughs> talked ad nauseum about Mad Lions, how we thought they were overpriced, how Misfits were overpriced, and they've Shalka, Shalka, Shalka is the only one that's really disappointed. Mm-hmm. And if anything, Mad Lions have met. If anything, the books got Mad Lions right, whether they did on purpose or not is a different story. But yeah, so you've had a couple of those kind of situations. Yeah, favorites are I think nineteen and one the last twenty games in Europe, which is nuts. Uh, fifty have like fifty four wins overall, something along those lines. Um, let me see. We've dis- uh, discussed the hypothesis behind why these trends are occurring. It would be great. Thanks in advance. Yeah, so I, I think. I would kind of touch on that. How about North America? Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, I think North America was the best example of just like wrong pricing. I think North America also is an example of kind of what you were talking about. The teams are playing like a really, or what you've talked about a bunch of times. The teams are playing like a really fighting adverse late game style in North America. And you've said it a hundred times when you play that style, it just comes down to one team fight in the late game. And anybody can win that team fight, even if they're 2000 gold behind or 3000 gold behind and so I, I do think a lot of what's been going on in NA has to do with the fact that the teams are playing that style. And so they're just essentially, other than like FlyQuest and Cloud9, everybody's just kind of ramming into each other at 40 minutes and seeing what happens. Yeah, I think, I mean, Liquid have kind of adjusted over the course of the season to understand that they don't want to coin flip against everybody late. And yeah, like for the new people, what, what we mean when we say that is typically when you have very, very aggressive teams, like the teams on the on the... I guess on the the margins of the bell curve, so to speak, in terms like the bell curve of aggression, I'll call it right. When you have teams that are very very aggressive, that's a very high variant style. And when you have teams that are very very, con- I want to say conservative, but very passive, I think is a better word, where they want to let the game come to them, that can also be a very fifty fifty style because when it gets to very late game and everyone's got three, four, five, six items, like we're talking like beyond thirty five minutes, which is what a lot of people are playing for. What ends up happening a lot of the time is one mistake just loses you the game. So you can have very good teams that make one mistake every game, and they could lose like five games in a row on that one mistake. So uh, I think yeah, NA is leaning toward that end of the spectrum. I think China leans toward the other end of the spectrum, although that's changed a little bit this season. So yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a really really good question, um, and part of the reason why I've been tracking these these spread statistics and all that, and I, I think it's good to have. Uh, anything else on that? We can go to the next question. I'm, I'm going to say go to the next one only because it's like my favorite question that anyone's ever uh, asked. Us. I did. This is how have we not done this? Just like yeah, a, like have, a power yeah. right, like a tier list or whatever. So all right, um, at T T Dare Marquise, I think that's right. I'll go T Dare Marquise. T Dare yeah. Marquise. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, apologies for the mispronunciation, but he says, "Who are the LeBrons of each league?" This is fun. 
And I wanted to think about this when I was doing it. I wanted to think about it as both talent and kind of like a legacy. Yeah, I think that's so, yeah, like guys that are like absolute legends and and are still very talented and playing at like a high level right now. So why don't uh, why don't we each give our pick for each region? All right, let's uh, start with Europe. Okay, I'll go first in Europe. Um, I think it's I think Perks makes sense. Yeah, he's been around a long time. One of the top players in the league, still playing at incredibly high level, but he was he's been around for seasons longer than a lot of people. You could maybe argue somebody like Reckless, but in recent years he's been like he's been around forever, but in recent years he's been less like a a, a big name like auto carry guy, less of a focus of his team. I think I'd go with Perks if it was me. I kind of think it's it's literally the G two top trio. I think I think Wonder, <laughs> Yankos, and Perks are, are <laughs> Reckless, I'm trying to think of a, of a like an NBA or an NFL comparison for it. Reckless is kind of I don't want to say like end of his career, but he's kind of like the guy that's fallen off but is still producing it. Like Yarmer Yager in hockey, he's like in his 40s and he's still like insane for a 40 something year old, but is yeah, quite like, like the 150 point a season kind of guy anymore. Yeah, he's kind of yeah, he's kind of like a guy that like used to average like a triple double Jason and then now he's like that. Like, now he's still very good, but he's like not quite what he once was. Yeah, that's how Reckless feels to me too. Uh, how about North America? So there's like two options in North America, right? The I, constant debate. Is there more than two? I think it's two, and it's only because of lack of legacy. For one, it's got to be like Double Lift and Bjergsen. Yeah, it's just Double Lift and Bjergsen. I think. Yeah, I guess if you – it's tough to say which one of those two. Like, that is the ever debate, right? Like, which one of those guys is the North American LCS? I guess I would say Double Lift because he's actually North American and he's been around since the early days. Like, I can't remember if he played. Did he play for CDE? I don't remember. He's been playing – I mean – if you if you want to look into especially for like new people new listeners that are new to the space if you want to see it's it's a story it's a great story uh, double lifts basically his life story like before yeah. there was even really competitive League of Legends he more or less got kicked out of his house by his parents and said I'm really good at this I want to do something with it but at the time there wasn't really this is before like the competitive scene and all that and he moved in with. Uh, Travis Gafford, who's who's like a uh, like an esports reporter and journalist, and like just lived on his couch basically for a number yeah. of years, or not for like a long time, and built a career out of that situation. And it's, I mean, he's had a whole lot of trials and tribulations along the way too. And yeah, he's, he's got it. It's got to like be him, ESPN. right? Like it just has. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be an ESPN thirty for thirty on double lift at some point. Yeah, he's, he's had an incredible. Like it's a it's an incredible story, yeah. And, uh, so uh, yeah, it's got to be double lift. I think it's double. It, it just has to be double lift. Like the combination of all, all the. Th- I mean, it, and it's rare that you see a guy. And I mean, I'll make this argument for LeBron right now. Like it's rare to see a guy somehow still getting better. Like it's it's incredible. Yeah. Like how old is LeBron now? He's like physically yeah, he's 30, dominating people. Thirty six or something. He's physically know. dominating people on the court at his age. It's ridiculous. And double lift. Thirty five. Yeah, double lift has gotten better and better over his career. It's it's incredible, and he he used to be kind of like a like a very linear type of player. Like you need to give him a lot of resources, and he developed that part of his game, and he just keeps getting better and better. And he doesn't even need to have resources anymore to be good. So, 
Yeah, uh, that's. I, I think it's just double lift. I think Bjergsen's the other one. The other one I was going to mention was Core JJ, but I don't think he's really been here long enough to say that. But he's been dominant in his time, yeah. and he's really he's good. There. So, um, yeah, I think it's double lift. The LCK, the LCK is interesting because there is a lot of long-standing veterans there. That there's a lot of guys that could be the answer to this question yeah. if Faker didn't exist. Yeah, like, exactly. Faker, exactly. Like, yeah, that, that's the thing. If Faker didn't exist, it could be yeah. a bunch of guys, but it has to be Faker. I always, I always compare. I always compare like Faker and like all the other Korean superstars to like anybody that was playing at the same time as Wayne Gretzky. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, really, that's what it is. So like, yeah. there's Faker, who's just the Wayne Gretzky of League of Legends, and I mean, honestly, like he's still performing at a ridiculous level. He hasn't even really fallen off. It's he's he's actually been, I think, better this year than he was last year. But so yeah, Faker. Um, Man, oh man. <laughs> the LCK just has a whole number of guys that have been around for a long, long time, and they're really re- deft. Deft is yeah. one of the be- I-, I think Deft is the best AD carry to ever play the game. Uh, yeah, there's one other, I think there's one other debatable player that we'll get to, I'm sure. But, I mean, yeah. De- it, the only thing that a lot of the, like, the, the long-standing Korean superstars have done wrong is play at the same time as Wayne Gretzky, which is Faker. That's all they've done wrong, so... Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Faker, for people that are, like, newer to League of Legends, is, like, three-time League of Legends world champion, was absolutely dominant when he first came onto the scene to the point where, like, nobody was even really close to him for a long time. And now we're finally at the point where he's not, like, mega dominant like that. People have kind of caught up, but he's still very good, and he's been playing for, what, six years or something? Because everyone else is better, too. That, do you know how yeah. hard it is to stay on top like that? Yeah. That's why I actually think he's, like, the best LeBron comparison, because... LeBron has actually stayed on top for his whole career, more or less. So, yep. how about, and the other guy we're we're about to mention. Yeah, how about the LPL? Because like this one's interesting, and and this one is <laughs> super interesting because it's uh, he's a little like dramatic in a good way, like in a, in an interesting way. Um, yeah, yeah. The first the first name you got to bring up is Uzi. Yeah, Calvin, but, why is Uzi so great? Yeah, go ahead. Um, dude, Uzi's just one of those guys who. If you follow League of Legends for a long time, you just kind of feel bad for the guy because <laughs> the dude has dude has a like tremendous like talent, like tremendous talent. Uh, he plays ADC. If you guys didn't know, um, you know he's been hard flame for what for like four, four or five years, coming in second place in every single major Always tournament. The bride's made, never the bride, right? I just yeah, I just feel so bad, and he's really good. He's really good. He's you know RNG's golden boy. He's always been RNG's golden boy. Is he Dan Marino? <laughs> Like the greatest to yeah, ever win a championship, yeah, and played his yeah. whole team on a whole like professional career on the same team, pretty much. And since season two, season season three, Star it's like, yeah, season yeah. three. He's like he's I don't say he's like a double lift because he gets better and better, but I feel like you know the team plays the room, they funnel the room. You know he like if you ever seen some of his games, his uh, easy games or you know his uh, Zai games, they're insane. He's just insanely good. It's just what's happening is that. He's getting older, and you know, and like the only problems, that, and you guys, when you guys see him, Uzi never starts at the beginning of the splits because he's always had health issues. And I feel like if he's if he doesn't have these health issues, he would he would be amazing. He would be even even better than what he is now. Yeah, he's just he's had a multitude of health. Like he had back problems. He broke his leg at one point. Uh, I know he's having yeah. you know carpal tunnel. I'm assuming it's carpal tunnel issues uh, or wrist strain or or we'll call it a repetitive RMI, a repetitive motion. Yeah. Injury. Um, yeah, and he's always been one of the best. He's been on the team that was a favorite to win Worlds multiple times, and they've never gotten there. 
Um, he does one of the things that he kind of struggles from is he's so good that his teams want to play around him a lot, but then they tend to like come up with repetitive strategies to focus around him. And that's often what makes it so they can't win worlds is that they play the same way too much. And the other top teams are able to figure out how to deconstruct their strategies. Um, so it's, it's been kind of like an unfortunate thing for him, but the big thing I always compliment Uzi for, I always say it is I'm so proud of his evolution as a person. Yep. Because if you go back to, like, 2015 Uzi, he was this little ragey kid. If you watch them, yeah, at the end of every game, you'd see him standing up and, like, screaming and yelling and, like, just freaking out. Like, he was just a little rager kid, basically. And these days, he's grown into, like, a really good ambassador for the game on the level with Faker. He always seems, like, smiling. When they get eliminated from Worlds, he's, you know, what else... You know, what, I did what I could, like, kind of mentality instead of freaking out like he did when he was younger. I'm really proud of his, like, evolution. So the LPL is a huge region, ton of teams, and there have been a lot of players that have played there for a long, long time. Okay. I think uh, there's – I think currently there's, like, two other options that are, like, not quite on Uzi's level but very close in the LPL for, like, LeBron ship, which is the question we have here. So yeah, I think rookie – who originally yeah. started off in, in Korea and moved to China and has been playing in China for a number of years now. For my money, Rookie's the second best mid laner to ever play the game. And that's been the case for a long time. And he's had a, you know some more ups and downs or whatever, but he's tremendous. He's an outstanding player. And then I think the other one that we have to consider already, just because the absolute domination on his resume... The, the Shy has had yeah. enough of a resume already that I it's it's much shorter. It's only a few years. But the shy has enough his resume pops off the page so much that you just have to say like he I think the shy might be the best top laner ever already. Yeah, and he's definitely the last person that was that level of dominant at their role. Like we talked about how in like 2014 or whatever Faker was so dominant and Uzi versus other AD carries at points in his career was so dominant that he would just dominate every bot lane, no matter who they were playing against. And the shy is the most recent person to be like that, except in the top lane. Just there was just leagues between him and everybody else. The la- when we saw them at worlds two years ago, I think it's worth putting him in this conversation, even though it's only been a couple of years, because if you consider the fact that the overall evolution of the game, like every, the quality of players is so high now that everyone is better. Like when you boost the whole league up, it's a lot harder to stand out. So I think the people that stand out now are just so exceptional because that's so difficult to do, and he stands out like to ridiculous. I I kind of compared him to uh, he's like Rob Gronkowski, right? Um, wow. Probably or, or like I don't know, like the Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, whatever. Like he plays a position that it's really really hard to differentiate yourself in, and he dominates to such a degree that like he's leaps and bounds ahead of so many people. And he's like kind of redefined how to play the position, and he does everything. He does everything. It's it's insane. He's always innovating. He can play the traditional stuff. He can he can adapt on the fly. He can play carry. He can play tank. He he does everything. He's the the whole the whole package. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and he, he want to touch on anybody from the other regions? Well, let's see who we got. Dumble Doge. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to highlight like. Saya from the LL, uh, the Latin American League. He's been like so BRTT. much better than everybody down there. BRTT in Brazil. Uh, dang, who else? 
Let's see who's been. I mean, Maple the, uh, was Maple was really dominant. Betty, who's currently playing eighty carry for RNG, that was that for the LMS. Was that for the LMS? Betty what and Maple you? were that for the LMS, I think. Uh, Carsa mm-hmm. as well. Carsa was Carsa probably the best. Was good, those three are probably the best players in that region, which is no longer a region anymore. It was Taiwan for those that don't know. Um, yeah, uh, some of the guys from like the Southeast Asia, like uh, um, who are the who are the Gigabyte Marine guys? Oh, um, Levi. Yeah, Levi. Vietnam. Levi's really good. From these are all smaller region guys. So I, I love that question. I'm kind of shocked that it's been 49 episodes and we haven't done that like greatest ever conversation somehow. Uh, also from T. Dare Marquise, um, what are the best websites for stats and lineups? And do sub teams sub more than others? This is a okay. really, really good question and a relevant question, especially for DFS players. I'll bust all this stuff out real quick yeah, for everybody. For My favorite websites, if you're looking for stats and stuff. Oracle's Elixir is the first one. Shout Gamepedia. Yeah, shout out to Tim Sevenhusen, a good friend of mine. Uh, Gamepedia has all the scoreboards, the records, the setups for the leagues. They have a button called Team Rosters you can click on that will show you every match they've played and who played, so you can look at the rosters. And if they have two top laners, it'll show you how often each of them has been playing. Um, and they also show you the full roster for the team, so you can get an idea if the team has subs or not, because some teams don't have subs at some positions, and some teams have subs at every position. So that mm-hmm. stuff's important to know. Do some teams uh, sub more often than others? Yes, 100%. Uh, you have to really pay attention. Some teams have subs and never use them. Some teams sub basically every match. So you're just going to have to look at things like the team roster section on Gamepedia, and that will help you figure out who's doing a lot of subbing and who isn't. Yeah, uh, I think couple couple good Twitter follows, and you can also follow teams on social media. We, I think, maybe we could touch on it. Like the LPL is basically the only region that announces the stuff beforehand. They announce the starters for game one. Everywhere else, you kind of just gotta go by team social media. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not gonna get anything from it. So, yeah, and yeah, some teams do some more than others. Definitely. Any other comments on that, guys? I might be muted. No, you're good. Nope. Give me a moment. No, that's not working. Reverse, anyway. Chris. Reverse, reverse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're talking now. Stats, stats are overrated, guys. Oh, stop <laughs> it. I, I, so, I will, I'll say this. I actually do think in League that stats are deceptive. Like, ju- I think League statistics are closest to football statistics in that they're extremely deceptive. It's not like baseball or basketball where the stats end up being pretty accurate over the course of a big sample size. It's more like the NFL where the sample size isn't that big. And I don't think it's you can you can build models and stuff like that based on statistics all you want. But what ends up happening is it's really difficult to account for patch changes. We have a new patch every like three or four weeks in competitive play where the game can change yeah. fundamentally. And yeah. some of those patches aren't that much different. But like I'll give you an example, right? Like, so patch like 10.2 might not be that much different than patch 10.3, but 10.3 might be, or 10.4 might be drastically different and completely change the professional metagame in 10.4. So it, it's really, really difficult to keep track of, and it's something that you have to be like active in your upkeep of. So stats are good, stats are relevant. They can kind of illuminate and inform you, and they should be weighted. They should help you weigh into your decisions. But I do think that you need to be careful because they can be deceptive, right? So uh, do you guys have any other comments on statistics? Because I, I think that's that's something that a lot of new people might not catch on to right away. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it on the take cast. I think an important thing to take note of is that 
the the big stat that is relevant in other games that's not relevant in league is average fantasy points per game. Yes. Because the difference between wins and losses, what a person scores, if a person scores 100 in wins and 20 in losses, it averages out to 60. But they don't actually ever get 60. They always get 100 or 20, and you need to know what they're actually getting, not their, like, random mixture average. If you just put it into a to a analyzer or a projection machine and have it spit out, it's going to spit out that that guy averages 60 points, but he, he never actually gets 60 points, so that projection is way off. 100%. Yeah. Um, so all these projection models are okay for now, but once you start entering, like, different reasons and stuff in, uh, your projection and models are going to be way off. Even if you just do LPL stuff, like, I, models are just going to be way off because you have all these players in from different regions, and sometimes, like, if you misclick on one, like, one player, like, you're just totally off by a lot, you know what I mean? I'm not saying stats in general, just whatever, but, you know, just people who are starting to get in projection models, like, just be careful of, like, you know, how you input your, your stats in, like, the regions and player-wise. And I've seen so many people put in player who hasn't even played before. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm like, that's really skewed. I don't know who, what team you're going to pick and stuff like that. Like, well, you know? I also think that, that don't just don't let it be your Bible. You know what I mean? Like, use it as a guideline, uh, as a way to, like, check yourself and, you know, reality check situations and, and stuff like that. But if something looks funky to you or something looks particularly not funky, look into it. And that's kind of, like, I think the best advice for any statistics and anything. All right. Um, we have at Bobby Funks. Why does Zoe have a low win percent in the LPL? That's a that's a really good question that I kind of answered. I don't know if you guys want to do a short version. I'll, I'll give you the, the short version. So the LPL wants quick-hitting fights. This is my this is my hypothesis anyway. The LPL wants either big cataclysmic fights that are like right away hard engage and it happens, or quick skirmishes like two v twos and three v threes like smaller fights. Uh, in those situations, Zoe is not as good as when she can set up. Like think of Zoe like an artillery cannon, right? Like a like a brick and like a, like a mortar like a mortar team, right? They have to set up shop and then they have to load it up and fire it up into into a situation, and then that's where she gets her advantages. The LPL is very fast paced, moves a lot, so what ends up happening a lot of time is when she's ahead, her team will hard engage because that's what they're comfortable doing, that's what they know, and that's not where she's used best. So you'd be better suited using another champion. And then when you're losing, if the other team's hard engaging on you, you never have a chance to poke and set up. So that's why she's got a really low win rate in the LPL specifically. But I will caution that just because a champion has a low win rate doesn't mean it's a bad pick or a bad champion. Sometimes it is, and it just takes a region or a team's time to catch up to it. Other times, it's still a good champion. It's just happened to not win. Like, it's just not winning. Like, there's different situations. I was just say they often don't take into account which team is playing them, too. Yeah, like, absolutely. Sometimes if- if the only the bottom teams in the league are trying out this champion, then yeah, it looks like they have a crappy win rate because the team's just not very good. But I do agree with you. What I've noticed with Zoe specifically is it, when, like in North America, when Zoe hits a bubble, the the enemy team just like blocks it and tra- and like goes like this. If you're not watching on YouTube, you won't be able to see it. But they just they just go like this and they're like, like oh, okay, what do I do? 
<laughs> Hold on, we'll try to survive this. And the LPL, when the Zoe hits a bubble, the team's like, if she comes in there with that paddle star, jump her. I don't care if we're behind, kill her. We're in. You're, you're asleep? All right, let's go. North America, they're just like, just hope you survive, and then I'll throw you a Lancer and so you can run away. Like, And then in that situation, Zoe's great. If you just get to keep poking them over and over again, and they're just going to keep either dying or running away. I tend to think awesome. she's really good against bad teams. Like yeah. She's very good against bad teams, which is why you'll see like weaker teams banner a lot, because if they ever get behind, they don't know what to do. Like someone yeah. gets chunked out, they don't know how to position, they don't know how to approach a situation in a way, and yeah, she's kind of a unique situation. I, I mean, in the past we had like Nidalee before she got reworked, where you had just like Spears thrown from off the screen and chunky for three quarters of your health, and that's kind of what she is now, except she has longer cooldowns. So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, at LCS Picks says, "Who let the dogs out in the LPL?" I believe he sent this this morning after the games this morning. I don't know. The LPL let the dogs out in the LPL. We need, like, the DMX dog bark sound effect, right? Like that's... <laughs> Any other thought? I mean, the LPL is a high... They, they play a high-variant style. Like, they... they we, we talked a little bit earlier about how when you get to the, the margins of the aggression curve, that there's higher variance on the margins. So the LPL plays that, that very aggressive in your face, like, we're going to win the game in three minutes or we're going to lose the game in three minutes. They're willing to take that kind of situation, so... Sometimes the underdogs beat superior teams. It just happens. Um, yeah. I also think, like, the current metagame is kind of in a way that snowballing is favored pretty heavily. And when you get advantage, it's it's really easy to keep that going. So I think that contributes to it, too. Uh, and then we have one more from at A, B, smooth. A, Y, Y, B, smooth. All one word. Says, strategy for entering multiple lineups, say 10 or more. Uh, so... Yeah, I thought I'd hook this it. one up because this is something I've been <clears throat> looking at a lot. So most people that know me, like know that I've been playing like the high stakes for a very long time on on League of Legends DFS, and I know almost all the guys that play very high stakes on League of Legends DFS. <clears throat> There's been a lot of conversation recently about how to handle this because our biggest tournaments in the past were like you might get three entries, something like that, and it's so it was very easy. You just build optimal lineups, like standard optimal lineups, and they would be good. <clears throat> with the new thing where you can build 100 lineups, this has been a very big question for all the high-stakes guys. Do we just enter all the optimal lineups? Do we start building non-optimal lineups? This is how I view it, and I, I think I have some decent research to back this up. Here's what I would do. If you're playing 100 lineups in the thing tonight, I would enter all the optimal lineups and then 30 or 40 weird non-optimal lineups. If you're going to play 100 just play all the optimal ones and then play some weird non-optimal ones. That way, if the optimal ones win, which they will more often, then you're going to get, you know, six or $700 back from a first place tie, which is not going to kill you. I mean, you might get a couple thousand if you're lucky and this just wasn't a high-owned optimal lineup. And then if one of your, like, weird lineups wins, then great, then you can spike the big dollars and take down 20K or whatever. You're also probably going to spike, you know, the, the second or third or fourth or whatever, like the, the next tiers of payouts with your optimal lineup a lot of the time. Because exactly. most of the time, like, the one that wins is just going to be some weird thing. And, and we, we were kind of talking about this before we got on the show, but, like, I don't know if we're to the point now where we're, like, next leveling each other to the level where we just I need really... to go more on the spectrum of not optimal because I don't think it's that level yet. I don't think we're there at all. I think definitely the optimal lineups are still where you want to be. Like if you, if someone says to me like, Oh, I tied for first last night in the 20 K for first. And it was a 20 way tie. Like that's a huge, that's a huge win for you. If you were playing an optimal 
4-2 lineup and only 20 people had that out of 8,000 or whatever, that means there's too many people in the event that are entering non-optimal lineups. Because there's only like 40 ways to construct the normal optimal lineups. So they should have like 100 people on all of them minimum. And so if they aren't, then that tells you that your optimal lineups are yeah, under It's still profitable. Yes. Yeah, so you should not be just like abandoning all the traditional great 4-2 lineups and trying to play weird three teamers with a losing player on there. Like don't don't abandon good lineups for bad lineups. The bad lineups don't win that often either. People tend to see one bad lineup win and they're like there bad lineups are winning. There've been yeah, two people, this week and these are outliers. Make no mistake. Well, this is the thing people don't think about and this is what I said in my Twitter post. Like they see a bad lineup win and they're like see bad lineups are winning. But there was 500 bad lineups you could have built that night and 499 of them did not win. So Probably if you're didn't playing, even cash. Yeah, so if you're just building all terrible lineups all the time, every once in a while you might ran, run good and spike one, but your lineups like it's not like just cuz that one bad lineup wins, all bad lineups are successful. Like most of the bad lineups didn't cash. It's just this one oriented. Yeah, so it's not like bad lineups are winning just cuz one bad lineup won one tournament. So It's a good question. 100%. Cal, you got Cal Chris Nope, just weird on some of those roster instructions, and everyone's been asking me questions. And it's like, is this like right? Like, is this always going to happen? No, like you're not going, you're never going to have Scout pull up ninety <laughs> points in the losing team, and like have him being in the winning lineup, like or like having double top when you could easily fit a carry into your captain's maybe, spot. Maybe like, if the shot is involved. Yeah, if the shot is involved, but not. I mean, I guess Flandre. I don't know, but. Yeah. There was a, here's a good example. There was a split. Uh, it was spring of last year where one time in the entire split I played a game stack, and the one time that I played a game stack in all my tournaments, I won every tournament. It was the one spot where I thought a game stack was going to work, and it did. That would be like Once. someone looking at that. And I did it one time the entire season playing every slate in all four regions. Mm-hmm. So, But this is like the equivalent of you looking at me winning that night and going, I'm just going to slam game stacks every night for the nope. entire season. And you would have lost a bazillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you probably would have lost every- all your winnings from that tournament. Like, that's- oh, you would have lost every dollar in your yeah. account if you were just game stacking every day. So just because I, like, so I did it one time and it worked out well doesn't mean that that just became an optimal strategy all of a sudden. I think let your research tell you where to go, right? Like if if there is that that – you know, convection, like, or what? A, uh, what do you call that? The, the, when when you have that meeting point, if you get like a situation where you think that actually might be a thing, yeah, go ahead and throw some stuff at it. Like, it's only going to come up every so often. Just know the spots where that's going to come up, right? Yeah, I mean, experienced players can tell you where those spots are. Like, I bet I could tell. I told you right now that I played one game stack last season. I bet someone could tell me at least one of the teams that was involved in that game. Invictus, Invictus Gaming, RG. When you know it, Invictus when you know it, Plus. It was Invictus OMG. Oh, OMG, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rogue Warriors would have made sense too. But, like, yeah, so once you know what you're talking about, you can find out where there might be a spot for that. Like, Invictus is one of the only teams in the world where you would consider game stacking their games last spring. Do you know Invictus have, like, 33 kills in deaths per game right now? It's insane. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, and that's why I was doing it. They were even bloodier. They were, like, way Back bloodier. Back then, yeah, they were even worse. World. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, thank you all for the listener questions. Uh, send more. We love these things. Uh, more listener questions. Feel free to rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, no reviews, but I'm assuming we'll hopefully get some good, bad, neutral, whatever. Yeah, those are unacceptable, guys. You got to step the level up. <laughs> those are rookie numbers. You got to get those numbers up, right? <laughs> um, 
let's get into the slate. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to we might have to go a little shorter on the games with uh but I actually honestly if the podcast was entirely listener questions I'd be pretty happy but Yeah, same, same. <laughs> I'm all about it. So LPL Friday morning we have LNG -192 against Rogue Warriors +156. I'll say the LNG -1.5 is at +159. Bold calling out the LNG -1.5 when I think Rogue Warriors is the play here. Ooh. So Rogue Warriors are interesting. Because I always like when a bad—I don't want to say a bad team—they they've looked pretty good. They've looked sharp at least. But I always like when a team that knows they're outclassed at least specializes in something or has an identity. I always love underdogs that have a really strong identity because you can pick the spots where the strategy that they like or the 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 character of that team lines up well against another team. I don't know if this is the spot. But I could totally see it because Rogue Warriors have looked pretty good. I'll, I mean, John, you you say you like Rogue Warriors here? Go for it. Yeah, I mean, just Rogue Warriors—they're like one of the most variant underdog teams in the league. They're the kind of team that I like because I think they're capable of beating just about anybody on a given day. Now they're not going to be favorites or close to favorites against anybody, but they're the kind of team that can beat anybody if they're running hot. They play a like you say they have their own identity, and I think they play it pretty well in this matchup. I kind of like their bot lane matchup. I think uh, Zwuji is still kind of an kind of an all star in the bot lane, yeah, despite the fact that he's on a terrible team. And Duan and either Light or Asura, Light was pretty unimpressive this morning. Asura has been pretty good when he played. I've not been impressed with Duan, so it feels like this is a spot where Rogue Warriors might be able to take advantage of the bottom side of the map. On the top side of the map, Flandre is kind of a monster. I, it's possibly just goes off. He's been the top pretty good when he's played. It's just Holder yeah. that's been terrible. Like Holder, I mean, it's the shy. But yeah. Holder got Holder got like proxy farm dumpstered. Like for those that don't know, like that's basically the equivalent of like the shy was basically like recording an N one mixtape on a professional in a professional game. Like that's the best way to compare it. Like that would be like that would be like if if some guy was recording an N one mixtape, like mixing like crossing up Ben Simmons or something. Like that was like well, I don't want to say Holder is Ben Simmons because you know. But a professional basketball player, right? That's, yeah. uh, Man, you're pulling out N one, dude. Yeah, right. Let's bring the N one mixtape back. I, I I reference that all the time, and it ages me so hard. Like I'll, I'll pull that up in a game, and everyone's like, "What are you talking about, dude?" dude we we got to do that, dude. We got to make like N one mixtapes with the same kind of music that they had in the background. Oh my like, god! The shy, the shy oh, <laughs> that would be fun. Actually, that'd be a blast. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It feels like Rogue Warriors has a reasonable shot in this matchup. We haven't got to see LNG that much since the break. They haven't looked super over the top. You so, know, they look mediocre. I think oh. LNG have like one major problem to me, and I, I think it makes. I mean, it made. I don't think Light was that bad this morning, but I think Light and Asura in the last couple of series they've just been kind of left out to dry. Like you watch their team fights, they don't do any peeling or protection whatsoever. Like. LNG are diving the enemy or killing the front line. They, they're not trying to protect the carry at all. So whether it's Light or Sword, they're just, like, left to fend for themselves. And a lot of time they're playing, like, Misfortune or Aphilio, someone that can't protect themselves, really. And it can make them look a lot worse than they've actually been. Uh, I, that was certainly the case this morning, for sure. Uh, with you know, Even, like, in the wins over Victory 5, there were there were games in that, in that series where you know, they just, like, let Aniko run at them for free. Like, would, like you, you can't. You can't just leave your guy out to dry like that, especially when you have like a Nautilus that can actually peel. So I don't yeah, think I mean, the bot lane's as bad as people think, but I do think that that in itself is something you can point to that's a problem. 
Yeah, and it's that is a problem. I mean, anybody that's ever played eighty carry in solo queue, man, that's it's the worst feeling yeah. in the world. That's what it, that's what it's like. You're and your whole team just abandons you every fight, and the enemy team's got like three assassins, and they just all run at you, and you're just like, I don't have any. There's nothing I do. It's insta give every fight. Like, so yeah, it's uh, that's definitely a problem. But I'm not so worried about their eighty carry. I'm not. Dwan is is a is a problem for me. He's not been uh, up to the par in my opinion. I'm gonna take LNG minus one point five here because I think the value is good. Let's battle, sir. Yeah, I think the value is good. Are you saying Rogue Warrior straight up? Yeah, just money line. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm on LNG. I, I think LNG are going to be good, and I, I think Rogue Warriors came out looking hot because they had some time off and got up for a couple games against the sloppy Invictus that was hard disrespecting them. I don't know if you watched that series, but yeah. Whew. Um, I am on Rogue Wars as well. Okay. I think X, I think Maple coming to LNG makes them a lot better. I think Maple's playing amazing. Yeah, Maple's been compared really to good. playing Sooning. Uh, I think King's Ruji's back, and he's always been there, but I think he found a team that he likes to play around. I think he got some young guys in Ruby and such, Chance, and they just look good. I so. want them to play crazy every game. Stop playing Holder. Crazy yeah, looks it, good. Crazy, yeah. Holder, yeah. Holder was a point of was a point of power for them in previous seasons. Like Holder was actually he was like good the second best player on their team last year. Yeah, and now all of a sudden he's he's uh, rotting. So hopefully they play crazy. Yeah, I mean, crazy actually looks like in the games that he's played, he looks good. Like actually looks good. So yeah, play crazy more. So far, maybe that'll change. Uh, EDG plus two forty three. JDG minus 310, uh, EDG being Edward Gaming. So Edward Gaming, obviously, uh, dealing with the double substitution. For those that don't know, they – it's kind of complicated, but you're only allowed to have two imports playing on your starting lineup at any given time. And um, because of that – yes, John. <laughs> and because of that, uh, they – Lost both their... I got lost my train of thought here. EDG lost both their junglers to health concerns over COVID-19, as well as one of their coaches. So they are done for the season. They had to bring in an emergency substitution, and the emergency substitution happens to be an import. And because it's an import, and they already have two imports on the starting lineup, they had to bench probably their third best player, second best player in Jinnu, uh, who's their top laner, for... Uh, Zhao Zhang, and now they have Junja in jungle and Zhao Zhang in top lane. So they've actually been better than I thought they'd be. Uh, Junja had some issues against like the better junglers, but they actually looked okay uh, in, in the games that I've seen. So, I mean, Junja had that insane Fiora game the other day. I don't know if you guys caught that, but it was like a straight-up hard carry, just absolutely dumpstered. So, they look like kind of just a normal middle of the table team now. Yeah, it's like, unfortunate because before this was a team that had three, honestly, like star players in Jinu, Scout, and Mako, like top five or yeah. six level players in their positions. I think Mako's probably higher than that. Mako's really good. but Yeah, and Jinu's a monster. Yeah, so, and just like losing one of those, and when they were carrying like the, the weaker portions of your team, it's a tough thing, but. I honestly, I think they've looked better than I thought they would with the substitutions, given the situation they're in and probably the short timetable that they've had to acclimate. Uh, they've looked better than I thought they would. Still doesn't mean I think they're that good. And JDG is looks really, really good. <laughs> JDG remind me a lot of Fun Plus last year. I don't know if you guys are getting vibes of that. Absolutely. 
they'll like dig a hole for themselves sometimes, whether it's in the draft or in the game, or they get into a weird situation and they can play their way out of a paper bag better than like anybody so far this season. A hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. A league contender uh, so far. I'm not sure if they've, if they've looked as good as RNG at this season or even maybe IG. I think they're less clean. I think they're just less clean. Like that, that, that's, that's all it is. I think they have the right. uh, I think I question their approach on some things, but uh, they, they just have talent. Like they're just good players. Logan was literally the, that might've been the best off season acquisition ever. Yeah, Logan, Logan for Imp, one of the biggest upgrades mm-hmm. of all time. Like for those that don't know, Imp was was a you know borderline Hall of Fame level player. He's I want to say he's kind of like Eli Manning, right? Where very good player <laughs> over the course of his career, and like the last few years have been awful. And it's like honestly making people consider whether he's a Hall of Famer or not anymore. And that's what Imp is. Imp Imp by the end of his career last year, Imp was basically like a minus nine on, like, the negative 10 to positive 10 scale. And Loken's, like, a 10. Like, a 9 or a 10. So they had this massive swing, and the rest of the team was stacked. And even now, they're playing 705 in the top lane. Like, there's a new prospect top laner, and he's been outstanding. So, yeah, JDG are, like, basically as good as we thought they were. Yeah, they've been very good. So, JDG sweep here? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, minus one point five looks great. Yeah, yeah. plus odds on the minus one point five seems like a good deal. Uh, I also like the minus four kill spread. That's pretty sweet too. So, um, yeah, RNG minus four and a half is too small, right? Yeah, four and a half is yeah. insane for a three hundred favorite. That's kind of crazy. Uh, oh. RNG minus three thirteen, VG plus two forty five. I'm going to start going through these a little bit faster. Yes, please. Um, yeah, no bet for me on this one. Yeah, VG looks better today. Yes. Like, uh, I don't know. They looked better for one game, and they just got, like, trounced. So, I don't I, I don't know. I uh, Watching that series, I saw good things from both teams, like, mostly good things from top and Vici this morning. Uh, I was on the top, the top side, TES, but I saw good things from both of them. Like, it was just, you know, it was one really, really close game that hinged on a really, really early game fight in the bottom lane, and then, you know, one team stomped the other in the other two games. So Vici, I like, I was super impressed with Vici in game one because they've yeah. been so passive all season. And then all of a sudden they were like really proactive yeah, exactly. in game one. And I was like, Oh shit, they figured it out boys. And then they went back to being passive for two games. Was, well, like, well like, not oh, really oh. in game three. It was basically like two, it was two team comps that were like, listen, there's going to be a cataclysmic fight at like six minutes into this game. And whoever wins it, wins the game. Like it was just two, uh, and uh, they call them sinner comps. Uh, LS, the LCK caster calls them Cinercons, where it's very, very strong early game champions that have to get a lead to do, like, to be effective later in the game or to, you know, win the game before that matters. And they both had team comps that was Elise versus Olaf, dude. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, the Elise versus Olaf, and I think there was a Lucian in that game, too. So, oh, like, yeah. yeah, that game had to end soon for both <laughs> of those teams. So, but it was kind of cool seeing Vichy show that angle, right? Because they haven't really shown that yet this season. Yeah, that, that was the, really the first time that I saw them being like really aggressive and proactive, and they stomped that game. Like, I mean, it was it was reasonably close, but they, they stomped like really in the end. So I was impressed with that. So I just think RNG are too clean, and Vici are still yeah. kind of. I think Vici are going to be good. I really do think that. I think v, I mean, we talked about this last show. I do think Vici is going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be like the seven or eight seed. 
They're all I right. I wouldn't be surprised if they miss. I think they're a summer split team, in my opinion. Just give them some time with this roster, because I think they're doing a good job of bringing Maestro in and uh, just putting Chieftain in as their just permanent jungler instead of having Aix come in. So I, I wouldn't, you know, I like to see them in the summer. I think they'll be better in the summer. So than... I'll put this to you, Calvin. Like, is that good enough for them to get a game off RNG here, or is RNG just too clean? No, RNG is too good. I also wish. It sucks because I love Uzi, but I actually like RNG with Betty. I do too. I do so. too. They're a much more well rounded team. Yeah. I'll take. <laughs> Chris. This team actually looks better than last year. <sighs> what if Uzi just joins TES? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way Knight and 369 <laughs> would be like, nah, dude, you're not getting my resources. You better become double lift real fast. You better become the game goon to the bottom lane. Like, I don't... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think RNG sweep this. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This is probably a pass for me. Maybe you play the kill spread on the maps. Six and a half is a pretty low number for this big a favorite. Uh, yeah. I don't this know. is like one of the lower total kill for y'all, do you think? For the LPL, 24 and a half is extremely low. Yeah. So... Okay. Yeah, Maybe. I figured this would be a lower pace type of game for DFS purposes. Yeah, I, I think like RNG have been playing very like Korean style League of Legends, where it's like cool, calm, collected, controlled. Like take the percentage play when it happens. Like don't don't give the team a chance back into the game. And Vici have like eighty percent been that, and then twenty percent been we're willing to play up tempo and risk some things. So. It's- it's an identity crisis for them, right? They have the yeah. coma, right? Trying to implement the LCK style, which it's it's getting there. It's a little clunky, but each each game you see them having more of a plan. I do think it's kind of cool that they've shown that up tempo look because that's something that coma never did before. Like, like and, I mean, they kind of did last year with SKT, but like it's cool right. seeing him adapt with this too. So it's that's yeah. going to be an interesting thing. I think I think you guys are right that they're going to be a summer split team, but I. I can't help but think that they could get a game here. Depends on Zeke. I think he's showing improvement. Yeah. He was a big, big unknown for us coming in. So I think this is just a pass for me, unfortunately, because I th- I'm not paying that much for – because I think Vici's good enough to get a game, and I think that's too rich of a price to pay for the RNG sweep, even though I think that's probably the most likely outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sunday, uh, Saturday, uh, OMG minus 275, Dominus plus 200. This is like one of my favorite spots on the whole split. Or on the whole slate this weekend. Give me OMG to 2 yeah, OMG, OMG look good. And Dominus is definitely a team that can be 2 0 <laughs> Yeah, so I actually... So Dominus play Thursday morning, and I, I did my write-up uh, right before we went on today. Uh, I'm going to be on Dominus tomorrow against, World, against WE. Aww. But... It's mostly because of the spot and mostly because WE starting teacher. Or it, it's like half because of the spot and half because of WE starting teacher ma, their third string mid laner. Uh, we also have only seen two games or two matches from Dominus since the break. They're the they're one of the only teams that actually got two matches in the first week. So we've seen like an extra match or two more from a lot of these teams. So I, I kind of think they're. I'm willing to bet into an unknown a little bit more than most people are where I'm willing to give like a, you know, I, I lean to break ties in favor of an unknown. Cause you don't know what this team has been cooking up. They haven't played since Friday. They've had five days, which is actually a pretty long off break off time for the LPL. And 
you know, WE have had their issues and they're starting a sub, so I'm taking that. But so there's a lot of unknowns about Dominus. We don't know how they're going to look. We do know it's the same roster more or less, but OMG look really, really good. And I, I'm like, I, I'm envisioning the best case scenarios for Dominus in like how I project this team, and I'm still not seeing them taking a game most of the time. Wouldn't surprise me, but I think most of the time OMG are going to win, and we're getting plus odds on that. So I think I'll take the plus odds on the two O. Yep, I'm with you on that one. OMG looks very good. OMG looked like what we thought they were going to do. It's so exciting. Yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for OMG. To be yeah, good finally. Now. It's been how many years, Josh? <laughs> right. Last year was tilting. Yeah. OMG have been good in like five years, man. OMG and FlyQuest both doing well this right. season, making me making me proud. Thank you guys. You know that's the jinx, right? You just mushed it so hard. <laughs> you just mushed it so hard. Uh, E-Star, minus 250. Billy Billy, plus 175. This is my pick of the week. Uh, we'll talk yeah, about it. This is probably a podcast-sponsored bet, I would guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Calvin's probably, right, probably going to pass. That would be my guess. Because Calvin's on hashtag Team E-Star. But, dude. What's the, what's the BLG 2-0 at? Uh, it's like, I think like. 290 or 300 range wow. something like that i would like to see more on the two zero with yeah, them being I, i'm already player. so i put i put this pick i put this veteran on monday yeah. i put it in my blog post and everything and that was before the match today and i am not changing a thing yeah uh, that's a bet look blg i think blg kind of suffer from a situation that we've talked about a lot on the show this year which is it's really easy in this metagame to look bad like to look a lot worse than you actually are they've just done it a lot <laughs> so they look really really bad i don't think this team is a bad team i think they're having a rough start and i think there's a chance they don't make playoffs now because of the start they've had but they're going to be a competitive team and i think they're going to figure things out uh, i liked them playing add today i talked a lot about that going into today where they played add in the top laner they've been playing king and who was from kt rolster and uh, lck um add was excellent for this team last year and ADD has a lot of um, – he's a, a very versatile player, and he has, a, like, a handful of, like, niche picks that the other team has to consider when drafting against them. Yeah. So, so far this season, teams have basically been able to ban, like, one or two power picks, like, metagame power picks against BLG, and then straight just ban Meteor out of the game. Like, mm. take Olaf out, take Elise out. Take He doesn't play Elise in, really, so you don't have to worry about banning that. But he plays, like, all this other stuff, including a whole bunch of weird stuff. And teams have just been, like, tar- he's been getting, like, three bans every game. It's insane. Because he's it's he's a weird situation where he's a jungle carry. Yeah. Like, you don't see this very often in, in professional league. This is this would be, like, the again, like, the tight end example. Like, this just doesn't happen very often. Like, even, more, even less often than top lane carry, right? Yeah. So, he's one of these rare, like, niche situations. And teams have been able to ban him out because King N is just a very like vanilla top laner. He's just kind of, he's just a guy. He's like your average yeah. player, right? He's, he's okay. But ADD is a plus player that has some like pocket picks that you have to respect in draft. And that opens up all sorts of things. Now, if they didn't take advantage of that today, they almost did with the Maokai flex pick. But I think moving forward, if they continue with ADD and he's an in-game shot caller too, which helps a lot. And I, I don't know. I, Billy Billy to me, I, I think Eastar are one trick. I've talked about this extensively. I don't want to, break a broken record but Eastar are going to come back to earth straight up they're going to come back to earth and like the smart teams I think Billy Billy is exactly the kind of team that can punish a team like that because they're going to do the research and they're going to prepare for it whereas a lot of the LPL teams would just run out what they normally do and that's that so that's why it's my pick of the week 
I'll do a short version when we get to the end of that. Any other thoughts on this one? Is everybody on the same page with me here? I know yeah, Calvin yep. might not be. I'm in on BLG 100%. Uh, uh, I'm probably leaning with Cal on E-Star. Really? Okay. Well, uh, we, have, we have a split cast here. Okay. So, uh, Team E-Star, defend yourselves. I just I gave you all my points. I don't know if John, do you have anything else to add? No, I just I think E Star. So sorry, I'll do mine and then I'll let okay. Calvin rebut me. Um, so I think E Star, like you said, is playing a, a style that's fairly consistent. That's easy. Like it will be figured out over time. I think we've seen teams in the past that play a certain style and they come out and they crush the first few weeks, and then as teams start to figure them out, they start falling off. Um, and I think that's going to happen with E Star. They do have some talented players on their team, but BLG is a really talented team. Like, Fofo is very good. Jin Zhao is very good. Zinmo is very good. If they play ADD, he, he's very versatile, like you said, and I think he's very capable of being a carry top laner. I think BLG's just had a rough start to the season, but that team has a lot of talent yeah, on it. I agree. I mean, this is a team that was, you know, fifth and sixth last year, both splits, right? Or yep. sixth and seventh, I think it was, whatever it was. Like, they were good. But let's hear. Okay, what's the what's the East? What's the pro power? East star argument? All right. Well, I was actually going to agree with you guys on the. East Wait, star what? <laughs> no, I wasn't. So the first slate, I don't know if you guys. I don't really like vocalize what I who I pick, but I was against East star probably for like the first two slates, and I, I got so pissed off because literally they're such an easy. They are an easy team to read. They literally just they leave their bot their top laner alone, and they'll play through crying, and uh. You know, whatever. Anyways, I think this team is pretty good. I think this, this team is really special, uh, in my opinion. I think they have the right idea for the most part, even though it's linear. I mean, look at FPX, bro. Like FPX. Yeah, that's that's just, what like, I've kind of been comparing them to. Like, I said the same. I, I said I was. I said the same thing about FPX last year. I was like, seems linear. They're very very good at this one thing, but they're gonna get figured out. I don't think it's the same level as FPX last year. I won't say, won't say it's the same level, but I'm just saying no that. Way. Just I just right now I just BLG just has so many issues with their drafts and stuff like that, and they're just playing just too slow for me right now. And against the teams like uh, what's it called E Star, like honestly, their their team if they start ADD they might have a chance because ADD is a really good team fighting uh uh player. But I don't know, just King is not not really my favorite. He's been serviceable, but not as much as I like him to be, and so. There's a huge difference in basically, like I said, their their team fighting game right now. And you know, if BLG gets far behind, even though they like to scale, they're just gonna dig themselves deeper in a hole. So, and that's I will say yeah, that is a great pro E Star argument for me is that BLG. I am so tired of seeing BLG draft like center comps. So, <laughs> your team. This is not who you are, BLG. Stop drafting. Stop drafting early game. How about they the just blend the two? Just play mid game. They play like mid-game. always play all in one or the other. They never, they never just draft a balanced team composition. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Something balanced. I am so tired. Like, like you guys are in. not a bad team. Stop playing all like in. you're a bad team. Yeah, all in early game BLG is like the worst BLG. And it's okay if it's Olaf. So it's a reasonable, reasonable argument there, Calvin. Chris, any pro Easter arguments? I mean, it's not on the same line as Calvin's. There's just, I don't think they, the, the switch to, from ADD back to King into ADD tells me that this team isn't really confident in who they are for this meta, for this season, which, you know, 
yeah, later on, I think BLG will become a much better team than what they're showing right now. But until they figure that out, I think E-Star's aggression might just be enough for them to um, give him another week. Give BLG another week, maybe, but not this week. This is kind of like a like this is kind of like a figuring it out. Like when you decide VLG figure it out versus like the hyper decisive team that knows what they are, even if it's super linear. And that's like whatever side you're on, I think. So I do think there's an argument for E Star, but I'm on BLG all the way. Um, TOP TES Top Esports plus three hundred against Invictus minus four fifty. Is Top wow. just too talented to not take a chance at this as the underdog? Plus Invictus just throw games like it's nothing. Like give me the plus one point five on TOP. This is this is this is a classic spot. I think I'm gonna take both the T the T S money line and the plus one point five. Like we're we're seeing them get back into form a little bit. If they're like just pure talent level, if they're at their top level of form, they're pretty comparable to IG. They might be a little bit little bit lower because their bot lane's a little sketchy. But the, like the top three is pretty comparable, I think, to yeah. what IG has. So I don't see any reason why they should be plus three hundred. Invictus is also a team that's known for being extremely variant historically. Now they're not as variant lately, but the they're la- probably... like the last two series they have been. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think I think TES at three hundred is too much. It's not like we're taking like you know LGD here. Like it's yeah, it's a, a team with talent. Yeah, this is a good, talented, top of the table type team. So. Any any Invictus defenders, or is this all? Are we all on Team TOP for this? Uh, team Invictus. You can't bet Invictus though, right? Like minus four fifty. No, just... I'm not gonna bet it. I was gonna say you're not laying the minus four fifty, but you're not, yeah, we're not betting. But I, I like your idea of the uh, plus one point five for TOP. Yeah. I think. Yeah. One hundred percent. Sunday, but... Sunday, Sunday. We have Rogue Warriors minus two fifty. What? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's only one. There can only be one team opponent, could be. unless Jed Air Green Wings is back. There's only it's one squad. Team, it's 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 victory five game wins this season. <laughs> victory five plus one seventy five. I mean, I'll entertain the idea of victory five plus one point five at minus one seventy five. This seems like a pass to me. Like Rogue Warriors should win, but they're not clean enough to say that they're going to get a two zero. And so it feels like a, just a general pass to me. Victory yeah. Five is going to do some like CLX mid lane, like support goes to mid lane swap, like and Rogue Warrior is going to be like, oh, whoops! <laughs> <laughs> like, I was so happy to see like the new DFS players get like completely thrown for a loop with Rogue Warriors, just like putting their or, uh, Victory Five putting their support in the mid lane and like just mixing everything up. Like, Welcome well, to Victory Five. Well, <laughs> League of Legends DFS. So, Victory so five. Victory Five. This is kind of a funny example because I think Victory Five are a good example of this is a team that had like a shtick, right? Like they had their like their oh this was their thing last year, and they actually were like, what did they get like thirteenth or something last year? Like yeah. they were like one of the better bad teams just because they were a wild card. They were nuts. They had like a seven person roster. And they would they had like three or four solo laners, and they would swap their solo lanes depending on the matchup. And they would draft like they would draft and swap. Like this was before this became commonplace in the game. Now it's so commonplace that they're still just doing the same thing, and it's not fooling anybody anymore because they're not good. Like they don't have yeah. good players. That that yeah. that's what it boils down to, right? One hundred percent. Like they're just not. Is Victory Five the worst team in the league? Yeah. yeah. Playing? Yes. 
Yeah. I, I mean, Rogue Warriors, is that a good start? But Rogue Warriors, I don't think any of us consider Rogue Warriors that good of a team. No, not that good. Like, they're a bottom five Barbarian. team, right, probably? Yeah, they're yeah bottom five-ish. Yeah. And they're minus 250 favorites. You, I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole, man. Get out of here. This is nonsense. <laughs> Uh, LGD plus 125, Sooning minus 175. Mm-hmm. Sooning have looked good. LGD showed well in their last series, but I think LGD is the second worst team in the league. Yeah. LGD and Victory 5 are right down there. LGD is fraudulent. I'm so glad they won a yep. series so, so that people will start playing them again because they are frauds. LGD is terrible. Yeah. I'm all over Sooning and Sooning minus 1.5. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on this. This is like pick of the week level quality. Yep. And, and uh, Sooning aren't the cleanest, but I, I think Sooning have actually come out to a pretty good start. Like, they've looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it's been against, you know, a good mixture of, like, good teams and bad teams, too. So, we've shown that, you know, we've seen that they can beat these bad teams, too. So, last game of the weekend, we have Fun Plus Phoenix. Oh, this is the popcorn game. Uh, Probably the two best teams in the league. Two of wow. the three. Two of the three. Fun Plus Phoenix yeah. minus 175 against RNG plus 125. Give me RNG. Yeah, give me the RNG This is a 50-50 game. Just take the underdog, right? Yeah. This is going to be an awesome series. I'm so hyped. This is, like, one of the first, like, really, really, really hype series in the LPL this season. So I'm super super excited for this. I'm going to be up and watching this one for sure. So, Yeah, give me all the RNG. Yeah, RNG, RNG plus four. Just give me all the takes in RNG. So any uh, FPX defenders? Um, No. Either way, I mean... The value is with RNG. Exactly. Like, it's a 50-50, right? Do we all agree with that? I yeah, think it's 60-40. <laughs> 60-40 RNG. I mean, RNG, yeah. to me, have looked like they have a better process, and they've looked a lot cleaner. FPX have kind of dug themselves a hole a couple times and played out of it, kind of like JDG's been doing. I think RNG look like the best team, and it's not that FPX look bad at all. I think RNG just looked like the best team. Give me RNG here. Yeah, I consider both the teams very, very close, and yeah. I'll, I'll take plus 125 on either one of them. If you switch the lines, I'd bet fun plus. Yeah, exactly. Um, Europe or North America next? Uh, let's go Europe. I will say to everybody that's listening, we already did all of these games last week. Yep. And so we might go through all these kind of fast because we already have like more in-depth thoughts about these games on last week's podcast. So we're already running kind of long today, so we might go a little bit shorter on these yeah. ones. I'll say I'll say this, and I don't know if you guys agree because I wanted to kind of touch on it. But um, to me, do you give any credence to the extra week off? Like, does that kind of kill the uh, the the fire for underdogs? Does that kill some momentum for some teams? Is there anybody that you think is adversely affected or positively affected by this? Because I'm kind of treat. I'm giving it like a like a fraction of a percent, like favoring the underdogs a little bit more, just with the extra week to prepare. But it's kind of a weird spot because we're entering week eight of nine weeks, and there's you know playoff implications for a lot of these teams, and a lot of these teams have nothing to play for other than pride. So, I don't know, are you guys giving any credence to the the week off or or no? Not so much for me. I think everyone is maybe it's a good this is a good thing for probably everyone in general, just to just regroup and stuff. And I think like the better teams like TL, who's kind of been struggling, maybe like TSM can just be like, All right, you know, we got this week off, you know, we'll do some review, we'll get our heads back together, then 
you know, just get back into it. I think these bad teams are just like, whatever, we're not going to make it. You know, let's just go out there and just try to style the teams. I kind of yeah, think they get a week to prepare weird shit. Yeah, I think the mental reset value might be there. for. It might, like, kind of put away some streaks that teams have been on. If they've been on a losing streak or a winning streak, this might stifle that a little bit. They got a little bit of time to, like, mentally reset. But I don't, I don't think it's going to change too much about how I feel about the teams. And coincidentally, the lines haven't changed. So uh, we have Mad Lines, SK. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rapid fire go through these because we we talked a lot about them last week. So I'll just yeah, just load up last week's podcast if you want more in depth yeah. stuff. But we'll list these off. Uh, so the only change here is that SK is going to be starting uh, Venter from the prime league, their prime league roster, which is like their academy roster, uh, in favor of Sacre. Uh, to, to me, this can only be a good thing for them. Yeah. That said, I don't think it change like, it, it convinces me enough to. Better on SK. SK are the worst team in the league, I think. All right. Um, and I actually think like you can lay the seven and a half kills with Mad Lions here because they've they've I wrote down they've had an average margin of victory of eight point one two five. So, and they're five and two as favorites of two hundred or longer. So they've lost a couple times, but uh, Mad Lions have playoff implications for this match, and they should they should take care of business. I think. Plus, we also projected Mad Lions to just keep getting better over the course of the season because they're a young roster. Yeah. So and. 396 is too much to lay to bet the straight money line on them, but uh, but yeah, they, they should win. Um, Shaka Misfits plus 229 on Shaka, Misfits minus 290. I like Shaka here. Uh, I wrote about it. I'll put a link to the piece in, in the post, but I, I kind of like Shaka here, but like for small stakes. Uh, Shaka have looked pretty good recently, is the long story short, and I said this last week too, so. Uh, I think you guys were all on Misfits, right? And Misfits kill spread if you like. I, I think Misfits kill spread is the way you want to go if you like this. But I'll caution you that Shalka have actually had a pretty sh- like I think they're they're only losing by like about six and a half kills per game, which is exactly where the line's at, like in their in their losses. So give it an extra week to prepare. They've looked pretty good. I'd, I'd caution against taking misfits. Like I don't think it's as automatic as people think. Well, I don't think betting misfits here is good at all. Yeah, like I, I'm not considering betting misfits at all. If I was gonna bet, it'd be on Shalka. I'm not sure that I'm gonna bet at all. Uh, Misfits for me is definitely a declining team, and Shulka's looked fine the last couple weeks. People forget just because they sucked at the beginning of the season. They still have Abadage and Oduwamne, who are pretty yeah, very they solid. They can take over a game by themselves. Yeah, very very solid guys that can carry games, and their new guys haven't looked that bad. Yeah, this this team should be fine. I definitely am not betting Misfits. I like weirdly think that these teams are like only half a tier apart. I know that's yeah, kind of bizarre to say. I think Misfits is going to get really exposed in the playoffs. They're not going to make a run. I don't think. Uh, Fnatic Excel, Fnatic huge favorites. Excel plus three fifty eight. I like Excel a little bit here, just because Young Buck is the former Fnatic coach, and they've had an extra week to prepare. And the first time these two teams played, it was a really, really close match. I think it was like it was like fourteen to fourteen in kills, and it was like a really back and forth. Like I think it was like twenty eight kills in twenty nine minutes in their first game, something like that. It was a really back and forth game, and I just think there's a reasonable chance that Excel, I think the, the value is good enough on Excel to take a shot on them. And I love the plus nine and a half for sure. Yeah. three fifty eight is a big number yeah. and Excel is a pretty solid team who has playoff implications. Fnatic might still be in the running, like fighting for first. This, but... is, a mu- this is a must win for Excel. They, they yeah, have to win this game. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's completely reasonable to take uh, Excel here. I'm not sure if I'm going to, but yeah, I, I know I'm going to, cause Excel, Excel are one win out. Uh, they're in seventh place. Currently they're one win out of sixth. And they unfortunately have to play the three top three of the top teams in their last four games. So and they have to play Fnatic and G two this weekend, which is just a nightmare. But 
I mean, they've had extra time to prepare for this game. If if they're going to upset somebody, I think it's this game, which is why I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and fire on. I think the the, the spot's oh. right. I love the oh. kill spread at nine and a half. I think they upset against G two. I think you don't think uh, they're gonna be like defeated if they lose this game. See, I don't think they're gonna lose. I, I think they're gonna have to be competitive uh, in this game. I don't think they're gonna be defeated because I think G two might troll against XL. G two is gonna troll game suit here or there near the end of the season. Oh, how does the week reset G2. affect G two? We haven't talked about that. Dude, like, they're just the troll factor. Does yeah, the troll factor. factor reset or is it amplified? Uh, it gets amplified. amplified. Yeah, they're <laughs> itchy. itchy. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I think they lose to G two, or I think they beat G two, but then lose to Fnatic. All right, yeah. So again, we went over a lot of these last week. I think those were like the two ones that we had the most debate about. Uh, I'll just quick run down the rest of these. Uh, Origin against Vitality. Origin doesn't lose to bad teams. Don't don't fade Origin here. Yeah, I know. G two Rogue is interesting because I think Rogue and G G two like respects Rogue, which is why I think they're definitely going to beat them. Whereas G two with teams that they don't respect can lose. Yeah, Rogue at plus 301 is a reasonable. If you want to take a shot to try yeah. to win some money, they're a reasonable spot for it. Because not because for, for people that aren't used to EU, G2 is the ultimate variance team. They're they're the best team by far, but they're also super variant. And they do weird stuff all the time and just lose games they shouldn't lose. And they're locked into playoffs against a team here who would probably really like to beat them at plus 300, who's a good team. So, yeah, a reasonable shot for they're Rogue. They're not locked for first, though, coincidentally. Yeah. Um, they probably will lock up first. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, we have Shalka Vitality. We kind of talked a little bit about this one last week, how I like Shalka, but they're not minus one, 180 against anyone. And Vitality have been pretty good recently. Skeens has looked really, really good. Uh, probably a taste of Vitality, and that's I think that's it for the slate for me, honestly. Yeah, I think a taste of Vitality is fine. Uh, SK Origin, any strong thoughts? SK's not good. Not yeah. good. In, unless um, unless Ventair comes out and just like absolutely dominates a Rome or something like that, then maybe I'll think about it, momentum and all that. But yeah, uh, no, Mad, too big. Mad Lions misfits. Also, again, Origin doesn't lose to bad teams; they just don't. So, Mad Lions plus one twenty eight misfits plus or minus one eighty nine. This was your pick of the week last week, John. Are you going to remake it? Your pick of the week? I was going to, but I think I like this other line more. So I really do like Mad Lions one plus one twenty eight. It also this went week. up. It was plus one ten. We looked at it last week. So. <laughs> yeah, it's gone up a little bit, and I really still like that yeah, line. Yeah, I like so. Mad Lions a lot in this spot. Yeah, plus one twenty eight is a great number. If anybody else wants the one that I currently have selected as pick of the week, I'll take the Mad Lions one. Okay. Um, G two Excel. We talked about that one just briefly. Excel is not a bad lottery ticket to take. I'm definitely love the plus ten and a half. Love the plus ten and a half. 100% putting a unit on XL at plus 465. I'll yeah. take just about anybody at plus 465 against G2, as good as G2 is. Yeah, I think uh, I was going through and doing, like, average margin of defeat and average margin of victory earlier, and G2 actually only have – so they have, like, this number. It's just 10.5. So the number is exactly right. But if you look at a lot of G2's games, it's, like, 5, 5, 10, 11, 15, 16, 5, 13, 14, 15, 7. So they either completely dominate you or they take you seriously like they did Fnatic last week and it's like they don't they don't throw all in on the trolling. So I, I, I think Excel, that's a good lottery ticket to take too. I so we have Fnatic minus two seventy five, Rogue plus two hundred is the last one. I don't hate Rogue here either. That's not a bad shot to take. Rogue's a pretty good team. I think I like Fnatic on that one. I'm not gonna bet them, but I think I like Fnatic to win the matchup. So I'm gonna avoid that game. 
Let's see. Uh, North America. Uh, so we didn't really talk. Uh, so I'll, I'll mention this because they're shifting to online. They're no longer doing Monday Night League, and they're no longer doing the games in the studio. So it's all going to be done remotely because of COVID nineteen and all that. So they're going back to the old school five game Saturday, five game Sunday format, kind of like the EU does with Friday and Saturday. So. There's a weird situation where Immortals and Golden Guardians are going to have to play two games on the same day, and I think they're going to be back-to-back. That's yeah. the way they're listed. I don't. I doubt they're actually going to be back-to-back, but they're going to have to play two games in the same day, which nobody's had to do yet this season. So, any thoughts on that, or does it really not matter that much? It just has implications for DFS. You know, they won't have a full five-five uh, yeah, there's actually it's probably only going to be a four game slate still, right? I would think. Yep, yep, yep. So it's still going to feel like they're a regular Saturday, but uh, in terms of how they'll perform, maybe their second game will be better. I don't know. Let's just go through this. Uh, Hundred Thieves plus three thirty three against Cloud Nine. Nah. Yeah, nothing for me. Cloud Nine are in full like Tom Brady FU mode. I'm not messing with them. Uh, CLG plus one ten, Dignitas minus one fifty. A lot of these lines haven't moved. So, any love for CLG? Pobelter led CLG another week in the in the time chamber with them. That one's really tight because Dignitas is really going to be trying to win here. They have yeah. a shot to make playoffs still. CLG really doesn't have much of a shot. They're just trying to put up a showing. I think I probably just end up avoiding that game. Yeah, I'm avoiding the game as well. FlyQuest minus one eighty eight. Immortals plus one thirty seven. This one's interesting. I think this one's actually moved. I think this was minus 150 plus 110 before. Uh, so a little more if you like Immortals. I don't like Immortals at all. <laughs> but I, I'm I know you sure. don't. I'm also not sure I want to do negative 188 for FlyQuest, though. I do feel like FlyQuest is running out of steam a little bit and will kind of fall down as the season continues. So This is a so soft cast that I'm going to review later in the yeah. week. I agree. Uh, again, I'm give a little bit of an edge to the underdogs for the extra week to prepare. I think again, like the same as the all season treatment. Um, Immortals plus two twenty five, TSM minus three hundred. TSM gonna uh, smash Immortals. I, yeah. I think so too. Look, like NH chalky again. <laughs> Which is, it's weird because it hasn't been. No, it hasn't. But it, I don't know. Who been, knows? The ownership has been kind of chalky, but the, we haven't been right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so, yeah. So how about Liquid minus 175 against EG plus 125? I know you guys like EG. I'm not buying it. I think I, I EG think are, like, like slightly matchup. fraudulent. I think Team Liquid's going to win the playoffs, so I'm, I'm not worried wow. about it. I'm not worried about I think Team Liquid are going to win the split, too. Wow. I have features that depend on it, so I hope they do. <laughs> well, when you're talking about what the break, the advantage of break my gift, this might be it for to help them – Build more synergy because of the Brasso Brasso situation. It's an additional week for him to practice, and I'm sure he's super motivated. Absolutely, yeah, they better be motivated. Double lift another week in the uh, oh, the motivation in the, in the stewing chamber, the crock the pot, the meme chamber, <laughs> the crock pot. That's what we call it. Um, I'm probably gonna lay the money with Liquid there. I think Liquid smashed this game. And that's actually like we're never you're never gonna see a number like that for Liquid again, unless it's against Cloud Nine. Probably not, but 175. Yeah, I'll, pl- I'll pay it. Yeah, they should be two fifty or higher. I think. I'm not sure I'm going to pay the odds, but I do think Liquid's going to win. Sunday, hundred thieves plus one ten. FlyQuest minus one fifty. 
How is this not higher for Fireball? Is FlyQuest really going to self-destruct this bad, John? You're Mr. FlyQuest. Yeah. I don't think they're going to self-destruct. Like, I think they're going to keep playing about the same level they've been playing. I just think the other teams are starting to, like, get better, and FlyQuest is going to keep being them. Um, I do think, like, th- in theory, they should, like, I think they should be a favorite in this matchup. Just not that I, big of a favorite? I, yeah, I'm not sure if I think they should be this big of a favorite, but the juice is so high that I'm not sure I want to bet 100 Thieves either. Yeah. So I think maybe I just stay away from this. This one. is like, it should be, like, minus 130, plus 110. Correct. Instead of what it is, so like you don't pay for the favorite and the dog you don't like enough. So, yeah, Cloud Nine plus oh CLG plus oh my god, I was about to say Cloud Nine plus five fifty <laughs> against who? One plus. Um, so Cloud Nine or oh my god, I said it again. CLG plus five fifty. Cloud Nine minus a thousand. Five fifty is a huge number in a best of one, and there's a good chance Cloud Nine don't give a damn about this game. Exactly. This might be two teams that have basically locked up their season at this point. Like, I mean, Cloud9's yeah. already first. CLG's out of playoffs, I think. Yeah, so, they're yeah, both this, locked already. Yeah, a matchup of, of teams that don't care at all about who wins this. Yeah, I'll take 550. Keep CLG. an eye on the kill spread in this game, too, and the kill total when it comes out, because I, I, I didn't find any for, for NA. But if this is, like, anything close to, like, 24, high, oh, yeah, high probability of – high Fiesta potential. Yeah, for people that are newer, if anybody's still newer and still listening to this podcast, when teams lock things up, like in the NBA and stuff, when teams lock up playoff spots, they just rest all their stars. In league, they just start picking weird stuff and going off on each other and like practicing fighting, basically. Like there's a lot more blood in games once teams have locked up their spots. They fight a lot and they practice weird comps a lot of the time. So a lot of, it helps also. A lot of times they're preparing for playoffs. Like, what if we put our mid laner on a champion that he doesn't usually play and he goes off? Maybe someone's going to have to ban it against us. Yeah, in the they're going to have to at least consider it, which is equity, right? Yeah, which, which gives you equity. So, yeah, teams do weird stuff in these spots. And uh, so you can – underdogs have a much better chance of winning when both teams have things locked up. I actually kind of love CLG in this spot. Like a team with nothing to lose versus a team that might not care is a really potent combination. And we're getting plus 500 on it. Give me a taste of that. Yeah. Dignitas plus one seventy five. Evil Genius is minus two fifty. I like Dignitas here quite a bit. Oh, I hard dis- <laughs> Say it again. Hard disagree. Go on. Uh, well, all right. So to be clear, John is kind of on. He's planted his flag on the Evil Geniuses is going to improve, and I was on Evil Geniuses are good before the season, and I'm off them. It took me like six weeks, but I'm done. I'm done with this team. I think they're trash. I don't think Dignitas is good, and I think Evil Genius. I don't Genius think Dignitas is, is good either. What's What's Evil Genius's last like four games? They're like three and one or something, right? Like they're they're doing well recently. They're not a. Uh, they haven't shown any signs of Each. of falling off. They beat they beat FlyQuest. You got they it. They beat CLG. Yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. Beat FlyQuest and CLG. They beat Golden Guardians before that. Yeah, they're three and one in their last four. Their one loss was to Hundred Thieves, which is an upset loss. But yeah, they're three and one in their last four. Like I think they're they're not looking as clean as we thought they would, but they're improving as the season's gone on. I think that team's got identity crisis issues. That's yeah, my I do issue think, with them. But I think a week off could problems, help that. But NA's awful, dude. NA's terrible. A week off <laughs> could help that. So take the underdog. <laughs> Plus one seventy five. Nah, Come on, man. Nah, not for Dignitas. Damn. I gotta get my jersey out. I got a jersey right over here. I got a, I'm not a Dignitas jersey. Are there? My Dignitas in the process jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Then we have back-to-back Golden Guardian games. Is how it's listed. I don't know if they're actually going to play these back-to-back, but unfortunately, Golden Guardians have to face Team Liquid as and plus two hundred favorites, and TSM <laughs> as plus two fifty favorites. Really unfortunate spot for Golden Guardians because they've kind of come into their own and they're actually looking pretty solid. Yeah. But these are like two of the tough matchups in the league. Yeah. They're not, not going to win them. So they, they're going to not make playoffs because of this. I'm looking yes. at it now. They're in seven. They're six and eight right now. One win out of the playoff spot. Yeah, and they have, they have to, to play. Oh, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. You yeah. think they'll, they'll they'll get a chance against Immortals? Because well, they're playing Liquid and TSM, and TSM and Liquid should both beat yeah. them. And Immortals are... gets fly. I mean, Immortals has a tough schedule too. They have FlyQuest and TSM. I think Immortals will O two as well this weekend. So this is just like Excel. Golden Guardians are like Excel. In that, like they are a win out, and they have to face the two best teams or two of the best teams. So yeah, nine will be pivotal for them. But yeah, tough spot. Uh, do we like them in either spot? There, must win situation. They get to yeah, see they, the games the game before the day before without playing. The big problem is it's a must win situation for the other two teams as well. Yeah. The other team need to make the playoffs because they had bad starts to the season. Exactly. So. Yeah, Liquid and TSM, I think, just come out and take care of business. Yeah, here. Liquid are 100%. also six and eight. So yeah. bizarre. I yeah, never in a million years thought I'd see that, but that's crazy. Pick of the week. We kind of already touched on mine. Billy Billy plus one seventy five against E Star. I'm taking the money line. You can also take the spread if you'd like, but I'm going to stick to the money line for the pick of the week for the clients, right? <laughs> uh, John, what's your pick of the week? Uh, I, so I wrote down Sunning minus one point five uh, at plus one sixty two. I think the yeah Sunning I think is a, is in a very good spot here. So this is against LGD. Uh, Chris, go oh, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, I pick a value pick here. This is JDG minus one point five at plus one hundred six versus EDG. It's just the team that EDG is still not coming in together. They, I, I think they oh, that win was indeed the buff that I should have listened to Cal more on the uh, Scouts birthday buff, right? And after that, <laughs> the birthday buff. buff. I loved it. <laughs> uh, came back to the same EDG afterwards. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess mine is Rogue Warriors plus 156 against LNG on Friday. Uh, Rogue Warriors have looked really good. King Zuji is going to carry them. And, yeah. I'm with you, Cal. Go for it. Do we have our, our overall records for the yeah, season yeah. here? Yeah, that was against LNG, right? Wait, wait, wait. Did I win last week? Did I win last week? LNG. You did. Okay. All right, All right cool. so uh, I do I have your overall records for the season. I so you were count that. we went. First of all, we need to make an addendum to this. We need to make a ruling right now. Pick of the weeks are locked. <laughs> I'll make the exception this I, wait, one wait, wait, time. No, I, I, I tweeted it. You out did. You did. It was communicated a day in advance. That's fine. However, rules of the show from henceforward. <laughs> Pick of the week is locked. Sucks for you if it's not. If it doesn't work. Well, I can't be hard playing when the roster comes out. No, no, like... no. I, I know. And it's like it's like GGs. It's like, bro, I'm already handicapped myself. Bro, so it's hard. already it's already it's it's already enough to keep track of. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. we did go three zero and one last week. I'm saying the zero and one because the ULCS got canceled and you had Mad Lions plus one fourteen against Misfits, John. So. I had RNG minus 1.5 at minus 133 against World Elite. They smashed. It was good. That moves me to 6-2 plus 3.68 units if you bet one unit per on the season. Uh, John, again with the push, uh, is remains at 3-4 and four 
at minus just about a half unit, minus 0.47 units. Chris gets a nice underdog victory with Team WE plus 223 against Vici. That was a really smart call. Uh, um, and moves up to minus 2.67 units. He's 2-6 in yeah. the season. Bouncing back, <laughs> bouncing back. You needed that one. And Calvin hit EDG plus 180 against E-Star. This was like, oh, it was so good. Uh, EDG plus 180 against E-Star to move to 4-3 and three on the season and plus 2.81 units. So we are now 15-15 and 15 as a cast and plus 3.35 units as a cast, assuming one unit per wager. So, plus $3.3 million for any followers. For the million-dollar follower. For the million-dollar wager followers. There you go. There's the, there's your profits, right? Wow. I'm going to advertise that on Twitter. Okay, there we go. I'm pulling a, a, a full Vegas day from now on. <laughs> the the 50-unit whale plays? Are we doing 50-unit whale plays here? Anybody following the cast is up $3.3 million this season. Yeah. No, no two ways about it. <laughs> Oh yeah, these are uh, thousand unit wagers uh, per thousand no, just, units or whatever. Put a little, put a little star that says recommended unit size one million dollars. Yeah, put and like, uh, yeah, uh, add a few zeros, just <laughs> willy nilly, do whatever you want to do. Uh, we're fifty and zero on whale plays. There's only been <laughs> we've hit fifteen out of fifteen whale plays, even though we're fifteen to fifteen. The other, the losers weren't whale plays. So yeah, the, the losers we told you to bet point one units. Yeah. And all that. <laughs> thousand units so we're up like fifty thousand units yeah you know because that's how it works so um yeah uh if anyone wants to know we have i'm sure we're gonna have a a handful of new listeners and everything but if anyone's curious i'll link last uh the results from last year because we did quite well last year um yeah sign offs every so we we do a non-league of legends related thing for a sign off every week and uh, I, I have mine. I have mine because I was just reading about it. It was just trending on Twitter if we got on here. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw, but Chiefs minus 1.5 was trending on Twitter because with the lack of sports to bet on, we have resorted to things such as virtual camel racing, marble <laughs> racing, um, <laughs> condom so sales, Pornhub views, uh, <laughs> and Madden 20 simulations. That a yeah. lot of people are watching via the future, streams. <laughs> so the Chiefs are minus 1.5 against the Ravens. That was trending. And it reminded me of – it's a thing I do about one week a year. It's like kind of like my, my mental release when I have to disconnect from everything. I will get the new Madden game every single year. I do it every single year. I will play a franchise mode for just a week straight. I'll disconnect from everything. I won't be talking to anyone. I will just play Madden franchise mode, and I'll play like a decade worth of games. Like, nice. some simulated, some I play them out. And I always thought it was really funny when you sim in sports games. And actually, I kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, we had a sign-off about this before a little bit where with the NBA, the death of the, NBA, yeah. the death of basketball. <laughs> I forgot about that. But uh, I always found it really, really funny, the names that you come up, that, that are randomly generated. Because every once in a while, you get a real gem. And when we were seeing this, I was like, oh, man. They're betting on Sim Madden. That's really funny. I remember this, like, stud-wide receiver I had on one of my Madden teams that had, like, Jerry Rice-level numbers, and his name was Sleepy Richardson. I just thought it was, like, the best name ever. Oh, and I, so I'm, I told you before I couldn't remember the other guy's name. I remembered it. It was Tremendous Maxwell. Like, tell me that's not, like, the best, like, simulated name ever, right? Yeah, so I know all the degenerates and people that need to fix or whatever are looking for some action and everything, but I just thought it was just too funny. I had to mention it because she's minus 1.5 was trending on Twitter and football's been over for a month and a half. So yeah, that's all, all I uh, had. For mine, I, I'll tell a story that I was telling precast to Gelati 
Uh, I, I'm kind of known as my sign-offs being like deep philosophical advice, but I'm going to go the opposite way this time. I'll just tell a funny story about something that I did once. I was going through this period where I was working a vastly different schedule than my wife. So I was up during all these hours when my wife was sleeping. And so I started this career mode on NBA 2K. And I, and I made my guy oh, named Trey, Trey Threes the third. <laughs> and all I did was I played literally two whole seasons where I played every single game. And I took a three-pointer on every possession of every game. Immediately, I would force my team to pass me the ball and jack up a three with like 20 seconds left on the clock. And my guy averaged like 60-something points a game. <laughs> we, made the, we made the playoffs. Uh, I was using less timers. Uh, like I wasn't playing 12-minute quarters. I was playing like five-minute quarters, and I was averaging like 60-something points a game. Uh, but it was it, it's a lot of fun. If you ever want to have some fun, it's a, it was pretty enjoyable. I don't know how I managed to make myself sit through two whole seasons of doing this. Oh, my God. It was. I did not manage to win the championship. I, I always lost somewhere in the playoffs. Uh, I couldn't hold it down. My Detroit Pistons just couldn't get it done. But it is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's great when they give you stat updates and stuff on your team. It's like, you know, look at your small forward. He's averaging like one rebound, you know, a couple of assists or whatever. But nobody on your team averages any points. Sixty-six <laughs> points a game, and you're winning like seventy-two to you know seventy or something. <laughs> like- very occasionally they randomly score a point because they like get a rebound and put it back in. But like I try to force them to pass me the ball immediately every time <laughs> they get, <laughs> but it just makes for some hilarious stats. Dude, I kind of think there's this weird itch that like, I don't know if it's like a gambling thing or like a developmental thing or like someone that's like into an- like analysis. I think everybody has this weird itch to scratch for like sports management scheme, like sports management games. Mm. So mm. like, you know, football manager, franchise modes in madden or nba or nhl what what have you uh, i think there's just this weird niche that like a lot of people have and they never talk about like, oh, I, played, I played hundreds of seasons of 2k where i don't play oh, yeah. a game, where i don't play any games and i just like manage my roster and look at what's going on and i'll usually will watch the playoffs with the computers playing i'll just watch the game and let it sim and so it's like I'm watching my favorite team play a you know a playoff game or whatever. Kind of like we're doing right now with no sports on. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Chris Cow, what's up? Uh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, wow, well, we're talking so much sports game. I I can only recall that I suck at Madden, whatever mode it is. <laughs> I try to play like normal, you know. I try to be fair. We can't just pass all the time. We can't just run all the time. So I ended up sucking most of the time. Uh, but uh, outside of that, I think I'm kind of excited to try the Final Fantasy VII remake demo. I know they made an announcement. And so I'll see where that's at right now, but I might just jag my brother's PS just to pull that game. <laughs> go, go replay the original, dude. dude I've been trying I've been trying to get Vince, my wife, and son to play Final Fantasy VII all the way through forever. Oh, my wife it's got close. She got close, and then and it never finished it, and it's a regret. It's, it's divorce level. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Cal, what's up, man? Um, nothing. Uh, don't say nothing. You've been busy as hell. Uh, so being in the pharmacy, a medical, a medical industry, uh, it's just, it's just hard, man. It's just tough times right now. So actually, I'm going to piggyback off that, you know, um, people have been asking me <laughs> through Diaz, it's kind of funny. Uh, what's happening to team Cal? Hashtag team Cal. Why am I not trolling or active on Twitter? Like I said, um, just been busy, you know, being, um, 
in a medical field, you know, obviously the crisis is going on right now, and it's just really tough to get everything going. Um, it just sucks, you know what I mean? So everyone just got to stay healthy. Hashtag Team Cal will be back. Um, any touts want to send me the head-to-head? Send it to me. <laughs> for all you. And it's funny because all these like on these live shows, everyone's like, "Oh, this ruler guy." I'm like, "Bro, I lost one slate, and you guys want to want to hard flame me?" Yeah, I probably want every single head-to-head this week against dumbasses who put five losing teams and one like winning team, and just different combination. So I'm calling you all you touts out. Send me send me the chow. Like you guys suck. Calvin T. Slayer uh, of touts. Is that what's going on? Learn from the rest of the DFS community. We got to start scheduling boxing matches. Like, who's the talent? I will. I will. I will start boxing for sure. Get it in. Yo, when Uh, do the one v one mids with Lee Sin, the Lee Sin mirror one v one start? I'm so down for that. But yeah, um, hashtag Team Kelby back. Um, Just, just wait for it. You, you, you Taos will feel, feel the full effect of it soon. There we go. All right, guys, I think that's it. We ran pretty long, but we had a ton of listener questions. Uh, keep them coming. Uh, it was super interesting. Kind of a weird situation we're going through here where we had like a week off in the middle of the season. LCK is on hiatus, and there's a lot going on, and everyone's into esports, and it's a crazy time. And I would say if you're, if you're new to this, get into the game. Enjoy it. It's super interesting. Yeah, you guys have anything else? I think we're going to get out of here. We'd love to do it. We're good. All righty. Take it easy, guys. Everyone have a good one, and good luck this weekend. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.